0: I thought all the speakers that we've had, but I gotta tell you, I think our own team, uh, that is Jeff and Craig and Tim and others who grace the pulpit. I think our own team is above average, way above average in the average church, my friend. I believe that. And we have one of those individuals that is gonna speak tonight. Is Tim, he's uh, my son and Sharon's son. He didn't know it, but I Googled him before coming out on stage, and I thought, where in the world have you been, son? All these places, Miami, Orlando, Canton, Ohio, and then there were a couple rap records on there. As far as I know, he's not guilty of any of that stuff. I've known him all of his life, but uh, he's called, he was in the uh, mortgage industry and in the banking industry, and he called me one, uh, I think, Sunday afternoon and said, I feel called to the ministry, and I believe that's where God wants me, and if you'll help me, I'm going to lay down this industry, and I want to be involved in full-time ministry for God, and uh, boy, howdy, a moment I discouraged him uh, because I thought if it's the call, nobody can discourage you, no matter what anybody says. That happened to me when I first went to my pastor, he discouraged me. And uh, when he discouraged me, I thought, well, I know who I am, and I know what I've heard. And I continued on with the help of God. So when he comes, I'm going to ask you to give him a good heartfelt hand clap in just a moment. Having
1: have an incredible parents. Dad's right. You know, whenever I made that call and asked, hey, Look, I, I really believe that I'm called into the ministry. And he shared with you uh, that he tried to discourage me. Um, how many of you like to know that what that looked like? It was like, uh, son, have you lost your mind? That was the discouragement. And uh, that was that conversation. And uh, it's hard to believe that I just celebrated six years on staff here uh, just uh, September. I believe it was September 16th, six-year anniversary. Uh, and, of course, we started that journey. Kelly and I uh, I'll never forget uh, when we were uh, in the bedroom uh, making our bed and uh, had that conversation with her a year a year before making that transition. So I believe that uh, I'm being called into the ministry, full-time ministry, and uh, to have a wife uh, come into agreement and said, you know, I sense the same thing. I believe that that's the path, that's the direction that we should take uh, as a family. It was just uh, comforting, reassuring uh, as a, a husband to have a wife that loved me and that could sense that and being led by the Spirit. Uh, and so, like so many of our uh, pastoral team, their wives uh, work a, a full time job and then, of course, are asked to do uh, kind of extra things throughout the week. And so, I just want to quickly say thank you, uh, honey, for partnering with me in ministry and always making yourself available uh, to do those extracurricular uh, kind of activities uh, that ministry uh, asks for uh, individuals to do, couples to do. So anytime that you see one of our... uh, Pastors' wives on campus, uh, just make sure that you give them some encouragement because they're carrying a probably a full time job, just as many of you are, and volunteering and serving. And then they're asked to kind of do above and beyond. Uh, We had an opportunity last night, uh, just the two of us, uh, to make our way to the Florida Baptist Children's Home uh, fundraiser uh, evening. It was a wonderful gala event and so we were there and uh, really their <clears throat> goal for the night uh, was 1 1 million meals and uh, the calculation was that $1 per 1 meal and of course, uh, we're, we're there engaging. What a great ministry. How many of you are familiar with Florida Baptist Children's Home right here in our community? They do a wonderful, wonderful job. And so uh, they met that goal uh, last night. Well, over just over a, a million meals that will uh, take place now because of uh, what happened in that room and partnerships and people that were just stepping forward. Uh, of course, we're uh, setting there and really kind of treated it as one of our date nights. It was just a wonderful wonderful affair and uh, just a different fundraiser than I've ever uh, had a chance to attend and there was a a live live band and uh, of course uh, we're, we're sitting at the table. The evening's coming to a close, and it's a cover band. They're playing some of the songs from the, the 50s and the 60s. How many of you remember, man, when music was music, right, man? It's really just very, very, very good. And so, of course, uh, one of the songs begins to play. And, uh, and it's, uh, I'm, I'm looking at Kelly, and I look at her and said, Honey, would you, like, would you like to dance, you know? And I mean, when you hear this song right here, you just kind of have to go out. So I... I made my way out onto the uh, dance floor and, and I called for her and she came and kind of just made her way across the dance and I took her by the waist and lifted her up and she kind of did this swan and it was one of our moments. What a wonderful, wonderful world. The reality is it was probably more like we're just kind of in this little two-foot, three-foot circle, and I don't even know that you would call it dancing. It's just kind of a robot, and we're moving left or right, and uh, I think this is what we're supposed to do. It kind of looks like what everybody else is doing, but we're okay, and uh, this is kind of low cardio movement here. And, uh, and, of course, we're having those romantic conversations. I'm looking at her. She's looking at me, and, and she goes, so what are you Uh, What are you preaching about tomorrow night? And I said, you're not going to believe what happened to me. And she looks and she goes, what happened? I said, no, that's the title of the message. You're not going to believe what what happened to me. And so it was just a a great moment. Man, great, great evening. And, uh, of course, to thank um, for Florida Baptist Children's Home. Uh, they, they believe that just one more meal, that's kind of what they live by, just one, one more meal, one more meal. And, and it reminded me of the heartbeat and uh, what drives our church, Victory Church, and when we communicate that just one more soul, to know Christ and to make him known, just one more soul. And tonight I'd like to kind of share just one thing that we can do as followers of Christ to continue to grow in our faith. Uh, Just one more thing. I know that we have a a message this morning. We have a message tonight. We'll have one in 72 hours. We'll have another one. And so I'm thinking if we can come together and just capture one thing, what is one thing that we can all do uh, in the room tonight as followers of Christ? Uh, I believe that as our faith continues to grow, uh, that we have a desire. man, Lord, I'm waiting for that next moment. That we can have that conversation and say, you're not going to believe what happened to me. And because of the hand of the Lord working in our midst, Chloe is uh, our daughter, our youngest baby. She's here tonight, is on the platform, does a beautiful job in, in partnering with Pastor Randy and the worship team. And in, in trying to convey that moment of really trying to tell someone else's story. How many of you know that we often try to tell someone else's story, but we always tend to miss a, a little fact here or there, and then to kind of to try to duplicate the passion or the emotion. And all that goes with someone else's story, it's hard to do that. How many of you would agree? We, we've all done it, and if we're in a group of people, we all begin to chime in and fill in just the, the blanks, the spaces there to kind of make sure that we've got the facts covered, but we can never really kind of duplicate it. And so we're, we're in Orlando, and uh, she's 16, October uh, 30th will be 16. And so we've uh, started the, to look for her car, her ideal car and has been for years was just a VW Bug. How many of you know the old the VW Bugs? And and uh, my mom, as a matter of fact, drove a, a VW Bug. It was baby blue and, and there's no sound like it, right? You know a bug whenever it's coming up. And so that was her, her desire was a bug. So we found one and we said, well, you know what? We, we were going to do our best to try to wait until her birthday came, uh, but this was a, a good deal. It's a used car, uh, but it was, right in our price range as to what we were looking for. And so we went ahead and pulled the trigger on it. We went over and, uh, really made the transaction happen. And of course, uh, closed the deal. She and, and Kelly run out, get in the car. They're going from Orlando back to Lakeland and I'm on my way out. And, uh, just ready to step back into the parking lot. They're already gone. And the salesman chases me down. He says, Mr. Blackburn, please wait, 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 Mr. Blackburn, wait, wait, wait. I forgot to give you this package. Uh, it's it's a, an all expense paid uh, a cruise for you and your wife because you guys purchased a car today. And I mean, how many of you know in that moment, I'm like, for me? For me? It's It's for me. I just spent thousands of dollars with you, and you're going to send me on a cruise. How cool is that? That's wonderful. And of course, I have this, and Kelly and and Chloe are on their way. And I'm thinking, well, I don't want to disrupt them, but I couldn't wait. I called Kelly and I said, Kelly, you're not going to believe what just happened. Can you believe that we won a cruise? And the response on the other end just kind of fell short of what I thought she would say. You know, I'm thinking, here we are. We, honey, we won a cruise. I've never won a chicken dinner, and now here we are. We're ready to win this cruise. We're going on a cruise. It's always someone else's story. Some people, when you think about a John or Peter or, or James or Caleb or whoever that is, it just seems like they're always in the right place, that every se- everything seems to go their way. And we try to say, man, you're not going to believe what happened to John, or, or you're not going to believe what happened to Rick or Ronnie. And then, of course, uh, we begin to tell the story. And then you look at different couples, Peter and Mary, and you say, man, you're never going to believe. Man, six months ago, if you were to tell me that they would still be married, man, I'm I'm not into gambling. I'm not in a betting man, but I would tell you I would have lost everything. There's no way. You're not going to believe what's happening, what's transpiring in their marriage in their home. But I believe that as followers of Christ— That we should live with a great expectation, that we should live, man, where we're waking up every day and saying, man, God, I'm waiting for that moment. I'm waiting for that moment that I can tell my own story, that I can begin to testify to the brothers and the sisters in our fellowship, in our church, to say, you're not going to believe what God is doing in my life. And that's what I want us to focus in on tonight, to say, man, we're followers of Christ, that we should live with great anticipation, great faith, great, great trust. And approach every day to say, man, our moment is just right around the corner. And if I'm honest with you tonight, and I will be honest with you, that, that hasn't always been the case in my life. That there have been those moments as a, a follower of Christ to where my faith should be here. And I'm tracking somewhere, maybe two or three or four notches below and that's true in my profession. That's been true in my marriage. And, and I face those moments and say, man, my faith is not where it should be. Now, I'm a follower of Christ. And I have to believe that if the creator of the world sent his son to die on the cross for me, so that I could have everlasting life, man, I need to kind of bring it up. Some of you probably this resonates with you tonight when you begin to look and say, "Man, what about my future, Lord? I've been I've been passing out resume after resume after resume. I've been on interview after interview after interview. God, when is it going to happen for me? God, when are, when are you going to show up? When are you going to answer my prayer? You know what my future holds, Lord? Would you please would you please just be so kind to share with me, share with me? Just give me a little bit." So that I can continue to move forward and, and say, God, okay, a counseling session after counseling session in, in your marriage, and to say, how many more sessions can I actually go through? God, I'm not seeing any kind of change in my wife. I'm not seeing any kind of change in my husband, but I'm following you, Lord. Let my faith rise to where I can I can have that moment to say to, to my brothers and sisters in my small group, you're not gonna believe what God is doing in my life and in my marriage. I can tell you that we're, we're not the first people to really struggle with that or begin to say, man, we're, we're not hitting, hitting the mark. But in, in Matthew chapter 8, if you'll turn there, where we're going to kind of launch from for tonight, in verse 23, I believe that there's something that's beautiful there for us that we can see, man, when we talk about faith, what happens when we make that decision to begin to follow Christ. In Matthew chapter 8, in verse 23, and I can set the stage for you the, the in leading, the leading verses leading up to this passage of Scripture. Jesus is just finishing. Man, just a heavy day of ministry with the disciples that he's called. And it's come to a point that in those leading passages of scripture, Jesus says, get a boat, guys. We're getting ready to kind of cross, cross the lake here. We're going to go across the Sea of Galilee, but go get us, a, get us a boat. And that time came, the Sea of Galilee, to kind of give you some dimensions real quick, especially for those that are going to be on the trip here in the spring of 2019. The Sea of Galilee stretches about 13 miles. That would approximately be from Lakeland to make your way straight down Florida Avenue into Mulberry. It's about eight miles wide. If you were to take down Memorial Boulevard from Lakeland to Auburndale, you're roughly going to get about eight miles. It's 33, 33 miles of shoreline. So you think in your mind, okay, Lake Hollingsworth is approximately three miles just at it. So you're somewhere around 11 to 12 times of shoreline. And Jesus says, go get a boat, guys. We're going we're gonna to sit out. We're going to pull away. We've been at it all day. It's time for us just to kind of come together and be alone. It says that then what? In verse 20c, it says that then Jesus got into the boat and his disciples followed him. As I'm reading this passage of scripture, I've got to believe that the, the disciples that have been called, there are probably four. When you think about James and John, Peter. And Andrew being called from, man, when Jesus said, let's get a boat, they they probably were high-fiving one another that this was a moment of excitement for them to know, hey, we're getting back out on the water. They would probably be referred of all the disciples as the salty dogs, the guys that absolutely loved being on the water. But that's probably not the case for everyone. There were some land dwellers. And when Jesus says, get in the boat, they're high-fiving, probably looking. Let's capture some nets. Jesus, hey, you know, this is what you called us from. This is our profession. This was the family business. But we're following you now. You, might, Hey, we're getting ready. Matter of fact, The perfect time to fish is at the end of the day as we're getting into the evening hours. Man, can we grab some nets and let's put them in the boats? Because look, Jesus, when we get out there, we kind of like to fish maybe a little bit. There are some other guys that were probably in disagreement saying, you know what? Why don't we just kind of stay on the land? I don't know about you, but there have been those moments that I've, when I've stepped in the boat, I look to the back to make sure the plug's in there. I'm looking out, getting ready to go deep sea fishing, looking out at the sky to make sure there's not too many clouds. But yet there's Peter and James and Andrew, and they're high-fiving, ready to do this thing. And that's that's because they were familiar. They were familiar with this terrain. They said, yeah, absolutely, man, let's get in the boat. This is going to be great. But then there were those that were unfamiliar and saying, man, we've got an understanding. We've heard. We've heard about the storms that can kind of come up on the Sea of Galilee at just the snap of a finger. Surely, man, can't we just kind of stay on the the land, on the dry ground? We're, We're familiar with it, but there's parts of it that we're unfamiliar with it. I can tell you that as a follower of Christ, there are going to be seasons that Jesus calls us to follow him whenever it's familiar, but then there's going to be seasons that Jesus calls us to follow him, and it's going to be unfamiliar territory. The challenge is, and the quest for all of us, is that we have a heart that says, Jesus, wherever you call me, I'm going to follow you. That's the faith that I've got, because I know that whenever I follow you, and my faith begins to rise, that there's going to be that moment right around the corner today that says, man, that moment is waiting for me. You're not going to believe what's happened to me. And it all started when I made the choice to follow the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Amen. That's what happens. That's the way that we should live out every day. But you know, if you continue to read on, it says what? Then suddenly, then all of a sudden, what a storm came up on the lake, and it tells us that what, what were the waves doing? The waves were crashing over the, over the boat. And then if you continue, it's just the one, the one little phrase, what was Jesus doing? It says Jesus was sleeping. It's, it's amazing to know that, man, here's the storm of a lifetime. Waves are coming over, and in the back of the boat, underneath, our Messiah, our Savior, He's asleep. The furious storm, the, 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 look at the contrast as the storm rages, Jesus is sleeping. As the disciples begin to panic, it says that Jesus was sleeping. And I can tell you this, and something that we can, we can hold on to even tonight as we continue to raise our level of faith and say, man, I desire to continue to follow Christ, but I want to desire him with great faith and great trust and believe that my moment, my time, my victory, my delivery is right around the corner, is to have a complete dependence upon the Father. And that's how Jesus was able to rest in that moment. Physical sleep, yes, but in his spirit there was a peace That even though the waves were coming on the boat and crashing in on him, he was able to step back and rest. And that's the same peace that's available to everyone in the room tonight. That as we continue to pursue God and we continue to raise our faith to know that the storms are coming. Even when we follow Christ, the storms are coming. But we know that we've given, we've been given a great example, a great model to follow. That Jesus, even in the midst of the storm, he's sleeping, he's resting. Uh, years ago, um, our family. Uh, would take an occasional vacation. When I say vacation, maybe two days, three days. You've heard my dad mention it before. He's not much of a vacation person. So we were always um, always a two- or three-day kind of a family. Uh, we always, and I think I've kind, of, I've, I've kind of picked this up from him, that if we scheduled four days or five days, we were always coming back on the third days. Anybody else like that? We always kind of cut our vacations a little short. But uh, one of the places that we would vacation to, uh, was at Lake Roy over in Winter Haven. How many of you know the Chain of Lakes? Uh, that was our vacation spot. There was a, a resort that's there. And, uh, of course, uh, they had the beach area and the paddle boats were there. And, um, and, and so we're on the paddle boats. I don't know if you've been on a paddle boat. Anybody bother raising your hand? Everybody, anybody been on a paddle boat? It always seems like the front end of the boat is like just under the surface of the water. And as you're paddling, you're even kicking kind of water up. And as a, as a 10-year-old boy, this is, not, this is not an exciting time. Uh, To know that the front end of the boat is underwater and you're very hesitant about even getting on the seat. I can't remember if Lori or Sherry's with me, but mom and dad are on the other boat. And of course, dad, how many of you uh, kind of heard him uh, this morning, Dr. Engel, say that dad uh, is just a humorous guy. He kind of likes to make his own fun. He thought it was a great idea to kind of yell to me that there's a gator that's coming towards our paddle boat. And it was that moment, man, when we're out there and and not a good time. And sometimes, man, when we look at life, we're in that moment. We're saying, man, God, where are you at? That was one of those moments I'm thinking as a 10-year-old boy, God, where are you at? How many of you know that God's never gone anywhere? He's right there with us all the time. We can have complete dependence on him. I love the the passage of Scripture continues on. It says, then they got up and then they did what? They said they got up and they began to say, Lord, Lord, save us, we're about to drown. Lord, save us, we're about to drown. I don't know that I would have any other, any other uh, reaction than Lord, save us, we're about to drown. I mean, you think about even if Peter and James and Andrew The guys that are familiar with this area, and they're screaming, Jesus, save us, we're about to drown. How many of you know that Jim Cantore is about to broadcast on the Weather Channel that there's a Cat 2 or Cat 3 storm out on the Sea of Galilee? This is serious when the old salty dogs, the guys that are supposed to know what to do when the storms come, if they're running, how many of you know that everyone else on the boat is panicking, and they're saying, Lord. Lord, save us. We're about to drown. I I don't know that we should have any other response. When you think about that passage as a follower of Christ, shouldn't that be our response? If If we're saying, I'm following you, Lord, shouldn't we be able to call on the name of the Lord? Jesus, save us. Jesus, my marriage is about to crumble, and I need you to help me. Jesus, my business is about to collapse, and I need you to save me. We could go down the list, and that's, there, that's the proper response that we should have as a follower of Christ. Jesus, we're about to drown. God, I've committed my life to you. I'm following you. But I know that I'm still human, and, and I'm fighting. I'm wanting to get it back up there. Lord, but I need you. I'm about to go under. And then, of course, Jesus does what? Man, he responds back to them. He says, oh, ye of little faith, why are you so afraid? Again, the proper response. He's thinking, man, you've been, you guys have been hanging out with me. You guys have seen the miracles that have already transpired. Come on, I'm, I'm not upset with you tonight because you, you disturbed my sleep. But I am a little disappointed. Guys, you've been with me. when We just came through a, a full day of ministry, and you guys have seen great things, and the people were pouring in and rubbing against us and asking us to touch them, to heal them, to minister to them. Come on, guys. Man, let your, let your faith rise. It says that Jesus stood up, and he turned, and he rebuked even the wind and the waves. And he says that it rebuked him with such great authority and such power that it came, what, completely calm. That's the God that we serve, that when he steps into the midst of our life, we can know and and find assurance tonight that he is working with us, that our moment is right around the corner to where we can say, you're not going to believe what's happened to me. Let my faith rise. And as we kind of kind of wrap up tonight in the message in the passage of scripture, it says that the disciples responded and said, Man, we're we're excited, man. We're amazed, we're astonished. Who is, who is this man that even the waves and the wind obey him? Who is this man? Who is this man that we're following? That not only did he heal the leper, but he spoke peace to the storms out on the open waters and that they obeyed him. They were amazed. The reason why they were amazed is because now it's their story. See, just earlier in the day, it was someone else's story. It was about the leper, where the leper said that if it's willing, if you're willing, will you heal me? And what did Jesus respond back to him? He said, I am willing, and you will be healed but yet it wasn't their story. It, was, it would be hard to capture the emotion that, that the leper's going through to know that now I'm clean. I've been set free by the hand of Jesus. And to know that the just, just, just earlier in the day, the, the centurion steps forward and says, heal my, heal my servant. Someone else's story. But yet they, they did their best. You're not going to believe what, what Jesus did for the centurion's servant the centurion looks at him and says, look, look, I, I want you to heal my servant. And, and Jesus says, "Your home. No, I don't want you to come to my home. Listen, I know that you possess the authority and all power that if you speak it, that it'll happen. Listen, I have subjects that follow me that if I tell someone to go right, they go right. If I say go left or go left, they go left. If I say get down, they get down. And I believe you are who you say you are, that all you have to do is speak it. And Jesus did exactly that and said, go for what you believe in today and your faith is strong. This is an example for you guys. Listen to me, James, Peter, Andrew, if you guys want to know what faith looks like, look at this centurion right here, not even asking me to go and lay hands that if I just speak it, but now they're on the open waters and it becomes their story. And they're amazed at the, the hand of God to see, man, this is the one that we made the decision to follow with all that's within us. To say, man, we're going to follow you. And now it was their moment. It was their time to where Jesus spoke to the wind and the wave. It says that they were amazed by the power of God. I can tell you today, tonight, that as followers Christ, that same authority and that same power rests within us because Christ abides within us. That when we look at the storms and the dangers in our lives, all we have to do is speak in the name of Jesus. And the storm comes completely quiet. It's not give it a few hours and the storm will begin to dissipate. Give it just a few more time and the clouds will begin to break away. Let me tell you, the reason why you're amazed is that whenever Jesus enters into the situation, that the, the storm becomes calm immediately and completely. That's the God that we serve. That's the Jesus that we serve. That's the power and the authority that we have because of who lives within us. How do we we take this tonight and we say, man, I can't wait for that moment. You're not going to believe what happens to me. What do we do from here? I believe that it's all about trusting God. How do we trust God? We begin to know God. How do we know God? What can we do between now and Wednesday when we come back 72 hours? Uh, I've got to believe that if any organization or if any, any church or uh, any parachurch organization always operates with the, kind of the mentality that 20% are doing the work and carrying the load, that I've got to believe that even in this room, that there are some people that need to kind of freshen up, begin to to bring some energy back into your discipleship and begin to bring some energy back into your daily devotions and say, God, I need to, to to raise the level of my discipleship with you. Begin to enter into prayer. Begin to enter into God's Word to know that when we begin to know Him, that's when we can see our faith begin to rise. Amen? If the band will come back and join me on the platform as we wrap up tonight, it was a joy this morning to be able to stand uh, in the lobby and to see a couple that I've been journeying with, um, and a couple that really had already separated and, and finding their own places, their own apartments. And we were digging in saying, man, listen, God can bring this back together. There can be, there can be restoration. God can happen. Eh, Pastor, it's not, it's, it's not going to happen doing their own thing, they're moving their own way. but to stand in the lobby this morning, just out of the corner of my eye to be able to see this young couple, last report I had, and no longer together. But something happened. something happened from the last phone call to where now a couples coming in on the campus, a lot of work to still be done, but they're not giving up. They had the testimony, and we'll be able to say, in months to come, a year to come, you're not going to believe what God did in our marriage." What a testimony for that small group to be able to see God, man, doing an incredible work. What a testimony there is for some of the businessmen that you'll wake up tomorrow morning and you're looking at the books and you see the situation and you're saying, man, man, let my faith rise. I know the one that I serve, man, calls the, the waves and the wind to cease. If he can do that, and if he can speak to them and they will obey him, surely I can speak right now and proclaim that there's going to be victory in my business. There are others that are in this room right now. You You can take joy and say, man, I know that my marriage right now is not where it's supposed to be. But if God can do it for them in their story, how many of you know that God can do it for others that are in this room tonight? Amen. That's the God that we serve. So if you'll stand with me tonight, and as our altar workers make their way to the front, Maybe that's you. I don't know what the situation is, but you may say, "You want, Tim, I'm ready. I'm ready to re-engage tonight. I'm ready to step forth and come and agree with a brother and sister in Christ and believe that, man, the God that we serve is still alive and well today. That yes, 2,000 years ago, man, he calmed the storm and I'm needing him to do that for me tonight. And if you believe, if that's you right now, as Pastor Randy leads us into this worship song, we're not going to take long. Just make your way out. Make your way into this altar, and let's come into agreement, and let's see God begin to work in our midst. Amen? Let's sing.
2: There's no shadow you won't light up, mountain you won't climb up, coming after me. There's no wall you won't kick down, Lie, you won't tear down, coming after me. We'll sing it out tonight. There's
1: no shadow you won't light up, bounce you won't light up,
2: coming after me. There's no wall you won't kick down, lie you won't tear down, coming after me. Don't lift your voice tonight. There's no shadow you won't light up.
1: How many of you know that we serve a good God, amen? Let's bow our heads, close our eyes. So that may be you tonight in the audience that says, man, I'm ready to be a follower of Christ. I'm ready to step in the boat wherever he directs me, left or right, or if I stand still, I'm ready to be a follower tonight. If that's you, all you have to do is say a simple prayer to ask Jesus to come into your heart, to cleanse you of your sins, to make you a new creature in him, and you can do that right now. As I'm praying tonight, you can accept Christ as your Lord and Savior. And we believe that if you say that prayer right now as you're standing here or if you're watching online, that that's all that it is. That's all that it takes is that you are now a follower of Christ. We believe that you're saved because the Word tells us that if you confess your sins and confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, that you shall be saved. So if that's you... Man, find a great church tonight. I pray, Lord, that there would be a body of believers that would surround them, Lord, that they would be able to do life with. I pray now, God, that as we leave this campus, Father, Lord, that you would encourage us in our spirit and our soul, Father. Let us strive to continue to be followers of Christ. And as we do that, Father, let us continue to raise our faith, waiting for that moment that you'll enter in. And you'll give us that answer that we've, looking, that we've been looking for and that we'll be able to testify to our small group, to our brother and sister in Christ, you're not going to believe what the Lord has done for me. I pray now, God, tonight, Lord, a special blessing, favor upon this crowd, God, as we enter back into the community. I pray, God, that you would just let us go forth with great power, great courage. We ask this to be done in Jesus' name. And everyone said... Amen. Amen. Thank you for being here tonight. Thank you for worshiping with us. Have a great week in the Lord. God bless.